you believe it, lasses? We're into season two. Season two of Lounging with the Lasses. Kylie Dixon here, founder of the Northern Lass Lounge. Listen, honestly, man, thank you to everyone who is helping our podcast grow. I cannot believe the success already. You're supporting so many small businesses and it means the world to like our community. So before you go, lasses, if you're new to listening to podcasts, help us out by just hitting subscribe and then you'll see all of our new episodes first. Leave a little review and just tell one person, just one person about it and that's it. To join our community of business lasses, head on over to our group where this all started on Facebook, The Northern Lass Lounge. Enjoy! Today I'm lounging with Geordie Hayes, the creator of some rather special worry monsters, Wally and Co. Born from some really traumatic personal experiences as a child, Geordie has built her business, Future Footsteps Coaching, pretty much off the side of our desk. With the birth of her little pocket rocket, Luna, during lockdown, Geordie went on to write and illustrate her first picture book, When Wally Gets Brave, and is now a published author. Geordie is a huge part of the lounge community, and I'm sure you're about to find out just why. Hello, Geordie. Hello. All right. Are you all right? I am all right. Are you all right? I am. Did you manage to have a kip? Oh, yes. Actually, I had, we've not slept properly in two weeks because the mattress in Ireland is not the nicest of mattresses. And we've just bought the dream mattress. So going from living on like sleeping on a cloud to sleeping on wood. Yes, I had a good night's sleep last night. <laughs> you were rushing about at stupid o'clock, aren't you? You've been on a well-earned break. Where have you been? Uh, Ireland in the middle of nowhere, like Southern Ireland. Michael's family have a cottage. We're very, very lucky that's literally just plonked on a piece of land so the dogs can run free and Luna runs free and it's all very wild thornberries and all that jazz um mm, lush yeah. we're, we're, well, gonna, um, we're gonna talk about as well as we get into it about um taking breaks as well big one but for now Geordie tell everyone who Geordie Hayes is and what you do who am I so well I'm Geordie um as you already know I am a kids confidence coach and a published children's author. Whoop, whoop. Um, yeah, basically I am, the sort of technical term is I am a child therapist, but I don't really like to use that as much because it does often put people off the word really? therapy. Um, but basically I am trained in a number of different therapies, um, but I put my own spin on it. Being a teacher as my original background, what I have done is combine my teaching experience, knowledge of being in the educational system, working with children for many years. As soon as I hit 16, I started doing things with kids. So I've worked with, I won't tell you how old I am. You can guess. We'll leave that up to a discussion. <laughs> but yeah, so I've been around kids for a long time. So I've sort of used that, combined it with all the knowledge that I've gained through training in loads of different therapies, pulled it all together shoved some monsters in it and created the future footsteps philosophy which is my approach to teaching emotional education <laughs> mint and honestly you're such an expert in what you do I know you like you're like no no you are right and we'll get on to that but can you just explain to us about this because I didn't realize this this therapist why why did why are people put off by that I think some people 
Some adults particularly don't want to admit that they go to therapy. I'm quite happy to say, yes, I have had years of therapy. I have had counselling as a small child. I have... (laughs) But I actually think you find, and along all my training that I've been on and every course that I've been on, all the therapists I meet are doing it because they have needed it at some point in their life. So they, you know, they know it works because they themselves have done it and been through it all um but yeah some some people don't like to use the term that their kids are going to therapy or things like that so by saying I'm a kids confidence coach it sort of rounds up everything because it's like teaching kids to have the confidence to be able to self-regulate so give them the tools so that they know how to deal with their emotions in different ways because every single emotion that we have is valid but it's about being able to recognize how you feel why you're feeling that way but what you can do in that situation to help. And how long have you been doing this this part of your, your business? Ooh, I think about four or five years, but initially I was one of those that thought I'll do it for everyone <laughs> and didn't like, as much as I always had at the back of my mind, kids, kids, kids are who I want to help because I myself have had a lot of traumas as a child mm-hmm. and, I didn't have these tools. So I now think I've been on this journey of having all these traumas and things like that because I am strong enough to get through it. So then I myself can teach children who need my help and my experience kind of thing. Um, So I have always had kids at the back of my mind because that was me as a child. So I want to help the mini-me's of the future so then they can grow up and be as confident as what I am now wearing Wally's World Dungarees. Yes um, I'm glad you've brought that up Cody, because I was going to ask you about it okay because when you wrote into the to the show um, one of the things that jumped out was like some of the really tragic situations you've been through and I think it's important for listeners to understand where your passion has actually come from for helping others specifically children. Tell us your backstory Jordy. So, I mean, I've always come across as that happy-go-lucky, outgoing kid that will do everything, happy to stand up in front of people, um, and came across extremely confident, probably quite hyperactive at times. I was never a troublemaker. Like, I didn't purposely get myself into trouble, but I did have a cheeky side. So, yes, we'll not go too much into that. There are the odd things I've done that probably did get me into trouble, but I was never, you know, the one seen as the naughty child that people quite often put a spin on kids' behaviour when actually all behaviour is a form of communication. So the behaviour that people are sort of showing is because of other things. So I was always quite hyper, um, always needed to be on the go, could never really stay focused, this kind of thing. Um, And when I was five... I got shoved into my very first race. My dad was a very keen runner. He put me, I was wearing full purple, not my colour at all, purple t-shirt, purple shorts. Yes, it's not a good look. No more purple. Oh, don't ask. I just, I don't even remember this outfit that much apart from seeing a photo. But I remember being put on a start line and told, just follow everyone and just run. So I did at five. I just did. Yes. And I actually think I think I ran a mile in something like eight minutes 50 which for a child Christ yeah exactly at five years old <laughs> so then my dad was like all right okay she has talent she's it's gonna good. run <laughs> I 
trained with him and did that's where all my energy went so it was quite a good outlet because I had all this energy actually I think that was like a hidden gem that it was then just controlled by sort of the running um but then at 10 years old we lost my dad in a tragic motorbike accident so my world was just obviously flipped like because he was not just a dad but he was my coach like he he went from one sort of persona to another but we had such a good relationship and I lived and breathed running like I was quite happy to do it he never forced me into anything if if he could tell I didn't want to go out he wouldn't take me out he'd go out himself um so that was obviously massive massive hit my mum as well like not knowing like as a parent what what do you do how do you how do you talk to your child about that like so I totally feel for her um because she feels like a lot of our childhood was taken away from her because she now can't remember it because she's blocked it out. Whereas I remember a lot of it and trying to cope with it, but not knowing how to. And I did have child counselling, which was amazing, but I don't think I had enough. I think it was your minimum, here's four weeks of it, and then off you go, live in the outside world kind of thing. Um, I carried on running. Not as much, but I was very lucky. I had a close circle of friends at the school I was at. My teacher at the time was the guy that led the running club. So he kind of took on the role of my dad and kept me in it. Um, And there was a group of four of us who were really, really close, won loads of different things because we were actually very good. I was very good as a child. Um, But then one of the girls in it who was a twin, died of cancer at the age of 13 and she was my best friend so I'd had like lost my dad at 10 kind of got used to what had been going on and then another one from my running circle was taken away and I actually think that was probably more of a tipping point than losing my dad I think I just got on with the fact that my dad wasn't there and I mean even to this day like you never get over it you just learn how to cope with it and how to recognize well actually I'm having a bit of a bad day today mm-hmm. oh this must be why kind of thing um yeah and then I experienced a lot of bullying throughout primary school so even before I lost my dad I had a lot of bullying going on um and quite quite severe and that was obviously where my confidence then just has disappeared I was controlled by a lot of people on the outside and it took hitting I think about 23 years old, maybe even 20, 20, early 20s to realise, okay, something's not right here. I'm actually letting people live my life for me. And I was letting, I had the wrong friends. I had the wrong circle of people, not everybody, but I did let in like boyfriends, the wrong kind of people and just thought I have to do everything to please everybody else. They're wearing that. So I should be wearing that they're acting like that I should be acting like that and it's taken till and it's going to sound really cheesy but meeting you to actually figure out who cares what other people think like and this is why I now have people on the podcast can't see but my amazing Wallace World dungarees and I walk about with my monsters on my t-shirts nearly every day like because yeah why not why not and we'll talk about those beautiful dungarees in a bit it is down as a note don't worry I knew you'd come on wearing them so how does Geordie at the age of 23 then flip things around and start making making Uh, I had one hell of a breakdown massive like I've had a few 
in my times where you know where you have you hit you think you've hit rock bottom you take a few weeks off work try and sort yourself out I had mini therapy sessions here and there the biggest thing that I've done is called NLP which is neuro linguistic programming which I know you've talked to Sarah about which is life-changing well not bad could be here forever bashing on about that um experienced some of that some hypnotherapy a lot of mindfulness um a lot of just work on on yourself really I had done dribs and drabs and I'd also had it linked to sport as well um because I found when I've a long story short at the age of 13 my knees didn't grow in the right way so I was told never to run again which as a child that lost her dad who was her running coach and running was everything that was crushing so I sort of shied away from running until I then moved up to Scotland because I'm originally as you can tell from my accent kind of I am originally English but I now live in Scotland so I came up to Scotland thought right I'm going back into running and I had no confidence again in running because I'd been so good as a child to then come back and think that I could be who I was yeah it really doesn't so I had a lot of things sport related therapy as well so I've had worlds worlds of it I've forgotten what the question was because I've now gone on a rant that's okay but that that that's kind of links around with something I am going to ask you about so I did say like how do you how do you get from that like a, a quite a dark space you've had a full breakdown I've been I've been there Geordie and I mean I'll tell you the how I got out of it was I created a business around what 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 I've learned, and that's what mm-hmm. I did in the lounge. So, and it's similar to what you've kind of done. So, let us know. Hence, because what happened was I got extreme bullying happen in the workplace, which led to the major. But what had happened, and now because I've had therapy, I I basically know the feelings that were coming back up were the same feelings I felt as a child when I was bullied. So I was going back into a childlike persona and completely not like crying continuously and not being able to stop and then stopping and being like, why am I even doing this? Do you know, it was like two different people. Um, so with help from family, I went on a week, very, very intense sort of therapy course, but that was also flipped on its head because it allowed me to train at the same time. So because I then got to that point of saying enough is enough, I now I need to change. I can't I can't change the people around me. People are always gonna say nasty things. That is unfortunately just the way the world is. But I can change how I cope with it. So what I then did was over an intense week of like, I mean, we were there for hours a day, but I've met some friends for life through it. I then worked on myself as well as training in these different sort of approaches. So that was like the kickstart of this is what I want to do. Why have I taken to this age to get myself to be who I want to be and figure all this out when I could have done this when I was 10? Because the bullying had started before I'd lost my dad. So my the running sort of kept my self-esteem at a reasonable level. But without that, there was there was none. Do you know, it's yeah. like it was just not there. It was just a mask, a total mask. Um, and I think a lot of our kids do this. So being able to teach them now is just like it's I can't even put into words how passionate I am about it because I just don't want kids to suffer like I have, to think they can't be themselves, to then have something happen 
that then just knocks them when I could prepare them from a younger age. Because I strongly believe if I'd had, not trying to sound too big headed, but if I'd had someone like me <laughs> around at the time, <laughs> I think I maybe wouldn't have had that bigger breakdown because I would have known how to deal with that kind of feeling. I'd have known, right, okay, when somebody says this to me, it makes me feel like this and this is what I need to do. Yeah. But I had none of that. I had no emotional regulation toolkit at all until much later. Whoa. Let me just uh, bring these two little beauties out here because you've done it in a beautiful way. Um, I still can't believe that you you did you, you did these through lockdown, right? <laughs> Didn't you? So behind, <laughs> I'm holding up here, by the way, people who are listening. Jordan did say at the beginning she's in she's a children's author and illustrator of the Wally book series. What is the series called as a collection? Just the When Wally series. The when Wally series. So two amazing books. You've got When Wally Gets Brave and you've got When Wally Gets Angry. And she, Jodie, like rattles these off at record speed. She's probably finished book three, have you? We finished it. <laughs> it needs edited, but it is finished. <laughs> uh, tell, us about, tell us about your books. So the When Wally series, first of all, I actually wrote When Wally Gets Brave through lockdown because, well, Luna slept more at that point because she was only a teeny tiny tot. She was a very new baby. And I absolutely loved reading books to her. Um, and I still do. We read about five books a day because she's obsessed. Um, but I wanted to, it was, it was not originally going to be anything other than a story I was writing for her. And throughout my teaching career having a growth mindset and this idea of I can take on anything like the only way I'm going to learn is by taking on a challenge I am going to make mistakes people are going to do better than me I'm going to get upset these things are going to happen however I should always have the confidence to believe in myself and be brave that I can achieve my dreams and yeah growth mindset is a massive massive thing in schools and it's always something I have embedded into every classroom that I've ever had and I thought you know what I'm gonna write Luna a story about this little worry monster um, because during lockdown so many children were going from being in a classroom environment to then having to do everything at home and eventually they were going to go back to school and they were going to have new challenges their parents weren't going to be there for one-on-one -on -one and all this kind of thing so I thought well if I can at least write a story that might help, I'm going to bash on. So I just sat on my phone typing <laughs> when she was asleep on a note. That's all it was, on a note. It then got turned into a PowerPoint presentation because I decided, oh, I like drawing as well. I'm going to draw these monsters. Um, Wally's not actually the very first monster that I drew because I drew Menace, who is my sort of mindful kind of monster. He's not, not in books. Menace was on a lot of the resources I'd made prior to writing these books. There's a grey one. No, Menace is the blue fluffy one that's actually a full size. He's got the legs and everything. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have a picture of him just now. I've got him in a plushie, but he's downstairs. <laughs> um, but I'd created him to make resources. I'd made growth mindset like workbooks. I'd made... Um, worry journals and little things and through some of the therapies I'd used um, I'm trained in what's called emotional freedom technique 
which sounds really complicated, but it's basically you tap on pressure points and it releases negative energy and helps positive energy flow. And you can use it for everything. Um, so Menace was my character that sort of taught this. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, well, I don't want him to be not my worry monster because he's a mindful monster. So I need a new monster, which is where Wally came. And the idea of his name is it's a mixture of worry and story kind of put together to make Wally. Why didn't I know this? <laughs> you should, you should. I have said, I've talked about this before, but you may, may have slipped past it, but that's where his name came from. And then Luna had a little toy, which was, um, is it Squirt he's called? The little jellyfish kind of thing from Finding Nemo. She had a rattle, but oh. it has... What yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, he was drawn in so many different ways. But, yeah, I was just enjoying, like, my self-care while Luna was little was drawing on my tablet because I could sit and do that while she was, like, in a buggy or whatever, when she was wee or when she was sleeping. So I started drawing. I illustrated this story I'd written on my phone. It was a PowerPoint presentation, <laughs> which then got print- printed and binded, obviously. <laughs> on my little at home machine and it was just for her initially and then I showed it to my mum and she was like no get this out get this out so I found an online printing company who could just make it into like a saddle stitched book yeah should see Alexa when I went and has seen this she's like (laughs) because it's like got comic sans as the font honestly the actual typesetting of it is horrific but I did pull it together and I then had this book, which actually I sold about 25 copies and I've still got a box because I think I've sent you an original, oh, have I not? <laughs> I've still got a box of these originally printed rubbish looking books. But it was even that was just an achievement in itself. And I never in a million years dreamt that I would be able to get it published because I sat through tons of websites trying to figure out how you go self-publish and then found us. Alexa's website and read nearly every single page and for me if I've read every single page something makes sense because I'm not one if I don't understand it I just switch off I'm Mm -hmm. not in and that's when I then phoned her and had a phone call and it all turned around into this (laughs) I I knew we would get around to talking about Alexa because she's a pivotal part of so many of our journeys as as published authors so anyone we do have there is a um I have interviewed her, I think it was in the end of season one. So Alexa Witten is, well, she's our friend, but she's <laughs> she's our publisher, our book designer, um, and just general book legend, right, isn't she? <laughs> and, I, and I remember her, um, we had them having a chat and she went, you need to speak to this last called Geordie. She needs help from like a marketing point of view. She's got this great story. And I was like, tell that to get in the lounge. And then that's when it all just went. And you thought I was a bit crazy at first because I just commented on everything. <laughs> well, no. I think for you though, Jodie, I think you, you're a prime example, right? Of somebody who, I mean, our ideal client, you know, is, is someone from the Northeast. You're up in Scotland. Um and I think you came in at a point when it was really starting to, I mean, how long have you been in? Well, it was two years ago, just after it opened. So there was lots of activity happening in there, but I was also doing stuff in my Facebook group as well, which you were part of. And I think you just went, whoa, I've felt so alone for so long. What's this all about? 
and uh, <clears throat> all live videos. Every time you were on, I was like, "Ooh, let's watch this again," because it was just gripping, and it was that like that's what I wanted to do. Like I'm sort of I've learned so much from you; it's unreal. And I just myself following your journey, but I'm like two years behind, yeah. and I'm going going along, but honestly that lounge like I tried to comment on the post yesterday you know that was talking about who's like your friends or whatever from the lounge yeah and massive spiel it was very very cheesy and then it got deleted and I was like and I can't even be bothered to write it again (laughs) I thought thought you were going to say there's too many people to tag (laughs) as well but the comment got deleted I think I don't know what my phone was doing at that point and I was just like oh because I strongly believe like that lounge has honestly it's transformed the way that I look at myself the way that I look at business like and the friendships that you make from it like you just can't you can't describe it when I try and explain to someone like I know a few people up here that have got businesses and I've tried to explain it and I'm like I can't put it into words you just need to be in it and once you're in it and you invest in it it will literally change everything life like I've got friends and I'm literally sitting here like because I know you're organizing another meetup and I'm like right Michael do you fancy a weekend away because I need to go down mm-hmm. and that's just and it was awesome when you came down like you've come down a couple of times now I know I haven't been able to come to them all but what does it mean to you when when like you come into a room and you see people who are normally like this big on a screen <laughs> It's that way sometimes where you look at them and you're like, you look like this person. Is that who you are? And you second guess yourself to think, right, are you who I think you are? And then as soon as you start talking, you're like, oh, yes, yes, yes. I, I know. I know who you are. I remember when you came into the pub, I was just like, ah! I was like, Phil, do you get out the road? And I'll just <laughs> dove on you because it's like, yes. Ever. Like, I'm normally quite all right in those sort of situations. But I think because... It was like a birthday party. People were there for me. And I was just like, these people are here because they've seen me on that little circle or on a phone screen. Like, they don't even really know me that well, but they want to meet me. I was like, yeah, it was a bit... I was quite like... (gasps) I think I literally rabbited on, like, so many different things and came out of it and was like, right, Sarah, I need to sleep. I was shattered. So this down again and just doing a few things and like going to Laura's book launch because it wasn't then on me it was so much easier to just come in and just chat and everything like that but no I need to get back down I'm like I'm like where am I going <laughs> not be long not be long we'll let you know so let, tell us some of the things that you've achieved since being in the lounge firstly tell us about these dongarees or so what <laughs> first people I started speaking to because I joined and then the maximum mates challenge happened on Instagram uh-huh. pretty much straight as I joined and Kat, um, Kat Palebent was one of the very first people I started to talk to. Her and Sarah Jane are the first two people I started to talk to and well you'll know from Kat's podcast like her business has just incredible I was watching her from day dot where she thought unbelievable turnaround in it unbelievable absolutely amazing but so well deserved but I've always wanted to collaborate with her some way and it was that way of when I don't even know why I sat down and decided I wanted to make a pattern for fabric Uh, this is just this is how my brain works 
So those of you that about six months ago, I got diagnosed with ADHD, so my life now makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but this is the way my brain works. So I sat down and decided, well, I'm going to design some fabric, as you do, because why Why would you not do that at like nine o'clock at night? So I did. And then Kat was like, yeah, right, this is cool. Let's see if we can find someone to print it. So we found someone to print it, quite pricey, but hey-ho, it's my design. And we managed to get quite a lot of fabric. And she was like, yeah, I can do this. Because I searched for ages for like anything with monsters on. And there just wasn't. It was all like Frankenstein and not very like happy monsters, which my monsters are all emotion monsters. They have their difficulties, bless them, but they're all quite whimsical little characters that are just lovable. They're not like scary monsters or anything like that. So I didn't want that kind of outfit. And I was like, right, well, I can't find anything. I'm just going to have to do it myself. So I designed it all myself. Um, Kat helped me get it printed. And then she has miraculously how she's done it made me these incredible dungarees that are jersey fabrics so they stretch so they're so comfy and I've now got other things coming as well she's making me a pair of shorts as we speak because there's leftover fabric so everyone who's listening Geordie sat here in mustard yellow what do you call them yeah mustard yellow mustard yellow like bright unbelievable dungarees which I'm rather jell of and they've got how many monsters have you designed Oh, on here, I think there's 12, but there are now more because I've um, from the one to one coaching sessions that I do, I've needed for. So for each child that comes into a one to one session, everything is made for them. Um, so like I go into the first session with a plan of like a getting to know you. And obviously the parents have told me some things, um, but I've needed other monsters for some of the things that I've done. So there's probably about 15 of them now. <laughs> Wowza. So <clears throat> you've just touched on it there, Jodie, about your um your diagnosis of ADHD. And you'll have heard me and Amy banging on about it the other week. <laughs> and I like I was just being saying to Ruth, who I've just interviewed, um, I'm starting to learn about my brain a hell of a lot, a lot more mm. now. I know you've done loads of work on this. And back like years ago, before I was self-employed, honestly, the, the shift in how I think about me behaviour, I just accept it now. Whereas before I would have been going, I'm crackers, I need medication, I need to. But now, like, it's just completely different. And you you said the word, I wrote it down when you said it, you said hyperactive, your brain. And I've, I've seen this happen when I've had a one-to-one with you. Like, I can literally see your brain start going it's it's like whoa like we would talk once and you're like and I've got this to do and this and, and I want to do this and I've got this stationery and, and this po- podcast and I'm going Geordie <laughs> Geordie amazing ideas great but it's about like how you rein it in so how have you managed to like make changes around that because you have I've totally seen that you have I like <laughs> I will always say she is the one this was even before I had the diagnosis she basically told me you need to stop and focus and that word has become such a big thing because I can now tell myself when I'm going a bit crazy uh, okay right rein yourself in you need to focus and I just think of Alexa every single time because she was like you can have all these ideas fair enough go do them write them down work on them if you fancy but stop telling everybody about everything you do because I'd <laughs> Uh, oh I've drawn this everybody like see this so 
it's been that whole learning curve of because one of these traits of ADHD is oversharing. And that's because I get so excited about what I've created, I overshare. Yeah. So it's raining that in of thinking, right, well, instead I'm going to send a picture to my mum. Yeah. Mum, I've yeah. So mom, I overshare. <laughs> or somebody, <laughs> and it's straight onto Facebook or something like that. Like through all the training I've done with you, I now obviously schedule my posts. I've got like an actual plan of what's coming for the next sort of, I'm doing quarters as well. So confidence is like the big thing I'm focusing on for the three months of this quarter in my group. So everything is based around the one thing. Yeah. So trying to sell everything that's in the shop. I'm now just focusing on one thing. And if it drives people to the shop and they see something in there, fab. But if they don't, don't worry, I've stopped making <laughs> new resources because I went through a stage Again, it was lockdown. It was like, what do people need? Yeah. I've got gonna yeah. make did make a bank of things. But again, it was that sort of I'm very much I hyper focus on one thing and I want it done. Uh -huh. So as well, I've taken a step back and through the branding and everything like that, all my workbooks have been stripped right back and completely changed. So they all fit with the front covers of the books. Mm -hmm. So every now those colours instead of it just being like random colors that I felt like I liked that day or whatever it's and it's all from things from the northern last lounge and all the training but also Alexa sitting me down and being like right this is she's she's just a guru she's just an amazing human being but she's very good at reining me back in and being like right this is what you're focusing on right now <laughs> oh, I love that Jodie because you've you've like you've totally shook up your mindset don't guys don't get us wrong man you definitely still have the little panic moments I can sense them when you or you'll message and you go just check in and it's like that you were one of the people who who was going to take time off and you were panicking weren't you oh like ridiculously like I got myself so worked up Michael was looking at me like what what's going on like why are you so worked up over this but my panic was that I'd built I'd spent like the last two years really building my, well my group's probably just over a year but I spent this two years really building everything up getting a following everything like that I thought it would all disappear and then yes those stats that I posted into the next level lounge are huge but that's because I did obviously take a good couple of months off so they are sort of it's like gone from months of inactivity to a month of me then being active again but at the same time I have not been as active as what I would have been because I've thought I don't need to be yeah. and, and that's and don't get us wrong Geordie I have very similar feelings like my group I've just kind of left I've had it I haven't got the time to do it don't sit like people must think that I've got it all switched on I'm just sat there going yeah that's fine no and I'm probably ringing Alexa just as many times as you going what about me group and she's going right behave but what I love about how you think is like let, let's flip it round and I say this in all the trainings we do all the challenges that we do you're like bosh you're in there aren't you like everything you do you've got everything like planned out and this is something that's a real positive from the way that your brain works like you're so driven to see the end result and yes. you do everything you like literally do everything don't you yes I do get a bit <laughs> a bit excited about these things <laughs> Well, because it's that accountability of I've invested in this I can't just let it slip my brain won't if I've 
bought into something whether it's actually financially bought into something or I have set my mind this is what I'm going to do I need to do it mm-hmm. and if I'm interested in I have to be interested in something if I'm not interested in it it just won't get done and I'm bad like I'm that one that will literally organize my to-do list by the things I want to do first <laughs> with the things that are probably priority but I don't want to do them at the bottom mm-hmm. because I need to be interested in things but all the things that are in the lounge because they're so interactive it's engaging there's the support along the way I want to do it yeah. so I so I do it I do it all because it's just why would you not it's there <laughs> and I, I think one a particular turning point for you was understanding your ideal client because I think certainly from what I can see on on how your your presence is on social media and stuff you've stopped thinking about the product as much it's more about you being that expert I actually forget sometimes to put sales posts in like I created my new little content calendar thing that's all color-coded with my branding colors thanks to Mirren and I was (laughs) not actually put any sales posts in here like I totally forgot so I actually don't plan them in at specific times I'm just sort of dropping them in from the rule of is it the 80 20 kind of thing so it's mainly like all about what I do and that sort of stuff and then there's the odd thing in but I'm also focusing that more uh, again because I had a chat with Alexa and we've come up with like the three main things that I'm offering and that is the focus of the sales post rather than saying, look, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. Because I can lead people there from just conversations. If they chat to me and ask about something, I don't need to be posting about everything that's there. That sort of sells itself. But it's just encouraging. Like I even had somebody message me a few weeks ago asking for a bit of advice. And just the conversation then led to them wanting to buy two of the books. Mm-hmm. Coming back to me and being like, wow like what a difference from reading a book and I think people don't always realize that a book creates a lot more than it's just pictures and words on a page. Writing books can lead to so many different opportunities so being an expert in what in what you write about and how you help children tell our audience because you do workshops yeah you do sessions what Tell us what happens in those sessions so people can get a feel of what you do. So I do, um, I haven't been doing them as much now because obviously I've got Luna, but just prior to the pandemic, I started launching um, my first workshop, which was a mindful workshop, which was where Menace came into it called Monsters Be Mindful. Um, And I basically put together a series of three workshops, which parents come in with their children so that they all learn together because the idea is through the workshops that I do I'm not just teaching the children because then when you're in the house I'm equipping the adults with these tools so that when their child comes to them they go oh okay I remember doing this I can go and help them in this way and it's about developing those relationships and the trust like there's obviously trust already between parents and their children but when you learn about something as overwhelming as emotions together that relationship just becomes even more strong and like the foundations are just built like they're they're solid because you've experienced something that's actually quite hard to talk about you've done it together um and it also empowers the parents to think well actually I can help my child when they're in these kind of situations I don't need to always rely on somebody else um so it was about like 
doing that and they're all practical we make a lot of things um there was a lot of scripts that i read but then you got things given home so anything we did in the session you were then given so you could use it at home as well so you know i pride myself on actually having resources and giving back it's not just that you can only do these these things when you're in the session you actually learn from it and then that is then embed it into your life like put it into your routine and that kind of thing and it will literally change the way your house sort of functions the way you function as a parent and how your child functions in terms of being able to pick up on the fact well you know I am struggling here let's go and get something from our mindfulness corner or do you know that kind of thing um then we had lockdown so that's why I then created resources that people could then use at home um but I've also then when the restrictions started to lift I ran an outdoor workshop yeah I remember it was lush nature monsters I absolutely love it so nature monsters um was similar sessions but all run in the outdoors so there were some resources that I took in um but we created things a lot of it linking to your senses because your senses tell you so much and they're such a huge tool in terms of being able to regulate so teaching children to be able to do different activities outdoors you get the benefit that you actually get from being outside because just even reading a book outside even sitting on your phone if you're doing something and having a phone conversation but you're sat outside your well-being is better than being sat inside because of just the like the fresh air and just the sounds that you get listening to the birds even without thinking about it subconsciously your brain is in a better place mm -hmm. if you're outside. so it was bringing that together and also we weren't allowed indoors at that point so I just made, made the best of both worlds Luna was at that age she was toddling around so I could have her with me so if nobody turned up me and her could play in the woods for an hour but actually I had eight kids and their parents there every single week and it was amazing I absolutely loved it and what I then did from it was because there were some people like in the lounge that was wanted to be there and then were like well obviously you're in Scotland I turned it into a home education course so I've now got it as a digital download that you can then have the activity come up on your phone so yeah. you could take your child outside and do the same activities we did but wherever you are like it can is, that on, is that on your website then Jordy? Yeah, in the home education section of my website. If you oh, go to the top, your, then your website is unbelievable. I'm just going to drop that in there. Like Self-taught, all self-taught. Again, hyper-focusing on the fact that I was not happy with how it looked, so I just went for it. <laughs> where, where have you learned this from? Because it certainly wasn't me, because I kind of stand websites like, and I looked at yours and went, this is like slicker than the slickest thing I've ever seen in my life. Messing about on the wicks. On Wix, I was with somebody else to begin with, and I can't even remember the name of them. That's how much I disliked them. I was on an, another one to begin with, but it was too faffy, too technical. Wix is a lot of, you click something, you drag it, you drop it, and boom, it's on your page. <laughs> like, it's so easy. Well, for me, I find it very easy to navigate around. Um, I know I had an issue with one thing not that long ago, and I had a phone conversation within two minutes from someone from the Wix team and the girl was unbelievable with how much help. And she was like, oh, and I can see your website. And she was even like, whoa, you've created this yourself. So I was like, yes, I did. But like, she was just like, oh, go do this, go do that. So it's, yeah, a bit of YouTubing, <laughs> as you do. Can YouTube everything these days. But self-taught self just 
figuring it all out and want it, wanting it because I wanted it so bad. Mm-hmm. I did it. I mean, it's it's hours, hours of work. Well, when do you fit this in? Um, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> obviously I've got Luna through the day. So everything Wally's world does actually have to sort of fit in at nighttime once she has gone to bed. Um, which is where the need for that break actually came from. Because as much as I enjoy it, I have had to actually, and only very recently have I been able to tell myself, this is still a job. This is not self-care. Just Mm -hmm. because you're making resources, you enjoy faffing about with your website, you enjoy writing and all this, it's not self-care. So I had to take a step back from every single night doing something related to Wally's world and actually saying well tonight no I'm going to have a tv night or tonight I'm going to go and read a book um so I've had to be a lot more firmer with myself and be like well it doesn't have to be done right now which I really struggle with mm-hmm. like one of the things I do is if I get an idea and I want to do it there and then yeah. so have has been quite good at being like well you can't because mm-hmm. you've got a toddler that you need to keep alive you can't just disappear and go write a book of like so most of it is in the evenings. Um, any sort of sessions I've done with children have been sort of after my day job of teaching. I've just done them on the same days because Luna's in, in childcare with her, Michael's mum on those days or weekends. I've done things, but we're, we make sure that it doesn't take over too much, obviously, of family life because you only get, Luna's only going to be little once. So... Yeah. And you use a lot of it in in your daily life, don't you? Anyway, you, you yeah. it's like you're, you're using kind of your social media as a bit of a journal, I would say. Yeah, because I mean, Luna grows up like she knows all all the names of the monsters. Like she she uses the books, um, and it's been quite funny actually watching her because I'm sort of primary age, which is like you're four up to like eleven. That's the kind of kids I've worked with. I have worked in nurseries in the past when I was teacher training but never to the extent of like how I do things with Luna and just watching her, like when I think I made a little story stones or something with the characters and she had to match the character to the expression at one and she was doing it and I was just like, okay. So even younger children can actually like tap into this. She talks about when she feels angry, she'll lie down on the floor and be like I'm lying down like George because one of my illustrations George is lying on the floor um she wears Wally's cape from my little plushie plushie. I want you to get mine now (laughs) so she got she takes his cape off and she puts it on and George there's George I'm holding so Jodie's got these plushies done they're amazing (laughs) And they've all got detachable capes, but I remember this is another thing where the lounge comes from. And I remember you were talking about having plushies, and I was like, Of course, you can. And next thing we knew, hey, the honor. <laughs> and we've even got little, she's not got a cape on just now, but little Hetty from book three that's currently in progress. We have Hetty as well, but like, yeah, Luna uses these um, to role play with, and it's just the power of like her emotional language as a two-year-old is by far what I ever expected it to be. She will point to pages in the book and be like, where's Wally's cape? And then she'll look at him and be like, oh, he's sad. And then she'll flick pages and find where he's got it back on. And she's like, he's got it back on, happy, happy eyes. 
um because she talks a lot about like their eyes and how um because obviously when you read facial expressions a lot comes from how your your eyes are so she'll pick up and she's got toys she's got um little play-doh that you then a bit like mr potato head so you put in the eyes and you put in the teeth and she's like oh angry eyes angry teeth george and she'll make like little monsters so i never ever thought that she would grip onto it as much as what she does and she's now got she's got her own set of dungarees as well because my son he ain't interested i want to tell you that now maybe i mean he's, he's like he's 14 nearly in a couple of weeks so yeah i get it he just thinks i sit i'm absolutely crazy and i sit and they're drawing mushrooms which to be fair i probably do but uh, <laughs> i like if he was he's read he's read book one forced into it by the way he's kind of a bit through book two but it's not his age group is it so i bet he secretly loves it though he just uh, doesn't... he just rolls his eyes man whereas at least you've got the little one who's perfect for these books like perfect Jordy, uh, we're going to get to the part of the show now which I am still waiting for a jingle for. So <laughs> this is Why I Lass, where the team have asked you, Jordy, some specific questions. And I'm going to pick one out. Don't know who it's whose it's going to be. No pressure. <laughs> okay. This question is from. Mirren and Mirren's been a bit brutal recently mine so I'd be careful oh it's not too bad and I think I know the answer <laughs> Mirren says if you could visit any fictional place where would it be a fictional place well it's a fictional place you can go to but I need to go back I've been as a kid to Annick Castle which is Hogwarts but I do need to go back now they have like actual things linked to harry potter because i went before harry potter even existed oh, and now i knew you were going to see hogwarts i knew it but i need to link it in because it's not actually that far from you guys it'll probably be in some form of a holiday where we go to northumberland and then end up down in newcastle <laughs> that will be a plan <laughs> but yes i need to go back to annick castle so i can go to the real hogwarts you do, you do. I knew that's what you were going to say because that's probably where I'd go as well. <clears throat> what's um, what's next for Jordy? Obviously, tell us about book three first. So, book three is when Wally gets jealous, and this has come from because the group, um, Wally's World, my Facebook group, has what I do is pay very close attention to things that come up, whether people message me privately or comments are put on, um, and a lot of things. So, anger was an issue that everyone was talking about quite early on, which is where the idea for book two came from. And again, with jealousy, um, that was something that was talked about. So this is about how to recognise when you're feeling jealous. So basically the story is Wally goes on his journey and you're getting to meet a lot of monsters in this one. You get to experience a lot more of Wally's world. So it's very exciting because there's more monsters in this one. Um, so he experiences jealousy on this little journey that is going on. Um, and then Hetty, who is my jealous monster, plushy, here she is. Hetty then helps him understand why he feels jealous. So the thing that I always do is I don't just write a story that's about a feeling. 
The books actually teach you how to recognize when you're feeling that emotion. They teach you what it is. Um, so this is the hardest part is actually trying to technically explain what these emotions are and make it rhyme is very, very challenging. <laughs> um, so they tell you about what the emotion is. So you've got an understanding of it as well and why you feel like that. And then they offer tools and techniques to cope with that emotion as well. Really? So, yes, that's that's the next thing is getting book three um, kind of illustrated. But this is a lot of a slower process because it's quite we need to figure out what words are going on what page. So then I don't draw an illustration and have to redraw it because the words don't fit. So we're doing it a completely different way this time to help, again, save time and that focus of don't get too excited and just start drawing when actually you're going to need to draw it again anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the long-term plan will be once, obviously, Luna's at school and I've got a bit more sort of time where, you know, I've got the childcare because I'm not going to wish it away, which is why I'm quite happy now slowing things, slowing things right down. But the big dream is to be in schools doing author visits and running workshops within schools. So maybe a school would you bring me in for three to six weeks and I could come in once a week, deliver sort of different emotional education workshops. Um, I would absolutely love one day to come down to seven stories and do something down there because I think they're just... Of course we will, we'll get you there. But that kind of thing, just doing more where Wally's World can become my main job. Like as it's weird to think I enjoy something so much could actually be a job that is the big dream that I can be doing this full time to help many kids as I can. <laughs> well, Jordy, you will. You've just got to understand it's a, it's not it doesn't happen overnight. I'm 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 the same. I'm quite happy just plodding along, but I know great things will come out of what we're doing, and you're the same. Um where would you like so if people want to get in contact with you about your workshops or your books where should they go wally's world on facebook is the best place to get all mm. of, like that's where all exclusives go so any sort of um i've also already released snippets of book three into there um that's where like i go live every single week i haven't been live recently because i've been in ireland and there's no internet so <laughs> So I haven't been able to come on, but I do come live every um, every Wednesday, um, either with an activity or I come on and talk about something that's been brought up, that kind of thing, or give you book news. Um, and I've had a lot of people just message me on my personal page. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't bother me. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm a business. You need to message a business page. No, you don't. You can private message me. Like, if people want to talk about something in a bit more detail, I've had quite a few sort of people who have found me through Wally's World and then thought, right, I need a little bit, a little bit more sort of thing. And I'm more than happy, you know, to have those conversations and chat that way as well. You can get a bit more sort of tailored to whatever your sort of needs are. But yeah, Wally's World, the group is my biggest sort of focus. I am on Instagram and Twitter, which is at Wally and Co. Um, and they get dribs and drabs of what goes into the group. But the group is the biggie. And your That's website? Where the website is futurefootstepscoaching.co.uk. Um, there's a parents hub on there. So the tabs across the top, you'd be able to click on parents hub and it would tell you the things that I offer. And there's obviously the shop on there. If you want to buy merch, because I have my own merch. 
or any of the resources are also on there as well but I mean I'm quite happy if someone messages and says right I've been on your shop there's a lot of things this is what I'm needing help with and then I could point you in the right direction of well actually you don't need everything at once try this first fantastic thank you (laughs) thank you Geordie you should be immensely proud of what you've you've achieved and I want to thank you for the support that you give to everyone in the lounge because you're always there answering people's challenges and the, the the things that they're going through but for all of us authors as well I think you're great like you've took my book certainly into schools and you've spread the word and oh, it was amazing it was so much fun <laughs> but you shout about everybody else so you deserve everything I will absolutely get in touch with seven stories for you um and Luna's going to be over the moon with with you as our mom so you just Aww. thank you I hope that I wanted to be proud like that that would be a dream come true if you've got a kid that's proud of what you do <laughs> So thank you, and I'll see you over in the lounge soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.